0: french ministers conference this past year french speaking uh we went into france and uh french speaking it's translated into english and ministers come from all over all over not just france but many french speaking countries in africa and and um, uh switzerland and belgium and different places actually
1: 11 nations were represented this year 11
0: nations almost 100 different ministers which is quite significant. And, you know, uh, just this same, not in 2003, 2001, right before September 11th, they passed laws in France that made it illegal to witness on the streets about Jesus. It was called mind-bending. You could not lay hands on the sick as a minister of the gospel in obedience to the word. It was called uh, administering medicine without a license. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. They passed laws in order to, and those laws were passed because three people... Germans from uh, communist Germans came over into the France uh, uh, government political structure and for the 10 years ago, 10 years ago, for the purpose of instilling laws into the country of France that would secularize it and cause it to be a godless society, to make it a a society an atheistic society, just according to their communist beliefs. And uh, they were able to get these laws, they've been working in the political structure for 10 years. And uh, the reason I know about this is through listening to Pat Robertson. He was doing an a expose on France and took about, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes one day and did a whole expose on the country of France and its history. He said that the country of France was the most godless society he had been in any place, most godless country he had been in, any place on earth. And he said people don't realize what, what, kind, what is going on in, in the country of France. And so anyway, uh, it was significant to us when I heard him say that 10 years before three communists from Germany came over to instill influence into the country of France to take away any uh, trace of God in their society. And I thought 10 years ago, three Christians from America... Went into the country of France inspired by the Holy Ghost. Same time. To instill an influence, a godly influence, into France that no place, no weapon from hell could destroy. And you say, yeah, but you know the devil's doing stuff. You know, I'll just tell you, whatever the devil's doing, God's doing something bigger.
1: You know, we, we, and we the um, fact is, He wants yeah. to do it in you. Yeah, we also work with with Rick Renner. We were we've been in Latvia in his church, and then we went to Moscow with him, and then he he's just he's, opened a church in Red Square. Yeah, Red Square, and he's right, right, right his,
0: across from the street from all of the the you know the every CNN photo you'll ever see taken of any reporter in <laughs> Moscow was taken from the same place that we
1: are when we're there at his church in Red. and so he asked us to come back next year for a month of miracles and he has several hundred pastors under him all over uh, russia to minister to them on who you are in christ and so he said uh, i
0: want you to talk to them about redemption and the holy ghost yeah
1: redemption and the holy ghost so (laughs) and not not only that but you guys it's it's all over the listen we've got to do it we've got to do it and when you i don't know if the lord will tarry or how many you know i'll work as long as my breath is But you got to press in to things and say, I will finish what God's called me to do. Because only that will be relevant. Nothing else in your life will be relevant when you see him face to face. That's the only thing that will be relevant. Is your life relevant? Is it relevant to anything? Does it mean anything? You say, well, you're still, you know, you're just, you know, you're just extreme, extreme. Yes. You better believe I am extreme. That's right. Extremely blessed. Extremely healthy. Extremely wealthy. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, but I know somebody said it and died. Well, I'd rather die in faith than die weak. Well,
0: I can guarantee you. And say, I
1: guess it just wasn't meant for me. I'd rather die going, it was meant for me.
0: I can guarantee you they're extreme today.
1: And then when my body takes, leave, leave, my spirit leaves this body, I'll be going, oh yeah, somebody preach it. I didn't preach it strong enough. I didn't give enough. I didn't get work hard enough. I didn't preach. Oh, somebody down there. Do it. Amen. And so
0: as each of us give, you know, I don't have any problem talking to people about giving. You know, I really don't. Because I'll just tell you, what you give is really what testifies of where you put your life. He'll bless your uh, storehouse. You got a storehouse? And God's looking for people that he can put something into. And and when you put some money into Shekinah Glory Ministries, what you're putting money into is lives of people all over the world to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and receive it, and not in word only, but in power and demonstration. Seed, and time, and harvest. So don't let the time bother you.
1: <laughs>
0: See time and harvest. He'll so, bless your story? We, we went into Moscow, we went in this is supposed to be on uh, what we've been doing, and we're getting a little going a little bit oh, I sorry, guess sorry. <laughs> sorry. We went into France we went in but I will tell you this we went into Ireland and we're going back, and actually when we, we were just with some people they they really want us to come back to Scotland and and so we're really praying about, and actually, they really want us to come to Africa. <laughs> He, Ralph Hagemeyer has been there for over 30 years. He said, you know, I've been waiting for you to come. for twenty. He's known his 20-something years. And we told him, we said, you We've know. We've been
1: called to the south of France. <laughs> I
0: no, we told him, we said, we really are asking the Lord to show us how to be more productive with the time we have and we really do have a heart to go further into some missions work and when we say missions really strengthening the church whether it's on this side of the ocean or that side of the ocean doesn't matter to us it's just that when you go over there the expenses are 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 sometimes far greater sometimes they're just as great when you go in the united states if you want to know the truth (laughs) i know you may not believe it but you probably hadn't done it that's why you don't believe it but uh to just to be able to out to reach out further, I guess you could say, go a little further with our reach. And so, you know, we're just working together and doing what we do. We're supposed to do doing our part, and that's all God asks of anyone. Don't ever feel your part's insignificant. No, what you do, what you give. You, you know, someone said you don't really measure what you give by what you give; it's by what you have left. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you about okay. to get that?
0: Okay. But it's just your part. Everybody's doing their part. Some of us go more than others, but all of us have an equal part in investing in the kingdom of God. So, glory to God.
1: We stand here giving of our substance, (laughs) knowing that we will receive back from you. Knowing that there's no greater gift that we can do than to support, to support the preaching and the teaching and the sending of your word. Knowing that our storehouse is being blessed and I believe even doubled even before December. This is one of our first times to sow in 2003. And what an honor. What an honor for these people, Lord. To receive back and I'm asking you to open their eyes to know how to receive back from you, from your hand. And I speak a special blessing over everyone, and they'll know it's from this night, Lord.
0: Everybody's safe. I am. I am a
1: cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Not just a cheerful Christian. Not just a cheerful Christian. A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. You know it says God loves a cheerful Christian. No, it says God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> Oh, glory to
1: God. You. glory to god i turn those lights off well, i'll tell you this is such a is great day get back down in here we're going to teach on faith and your healing will, and your faith will grow here it comes by the word actually Faith comes by the Word. (laughs) Proverbs says faith dwells with prudence.
0: That's good common sense. Good common sense tells me go and turn off my light. Turn off
1: those lights. Ah, preach it. Sister, my car will be fine. Well, we'll see.
0: (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Oh, glory. The Holy Ghost is
1: here. Oh, the Spirit of the living God. Oh, the river's flowing. You just got to you got to just jump in. You say, what makes the difference between some people? You know, what makes whoever jumps in? That's what makes the difference. <laughs> oh, wait, we used to go swimming at this place. There was a cliff, you know, and, and so different family members. And I remember every other, oh, I don't know, so weekend or so, we'd go out there. And whoever could go to the top of the cliff and then just jump off down into the river, you know, the, this creek that ran by it. And you could always tell the ones that were just, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. They just jump in, man. Then you could tell the ones going, I, don't know, you could t- I could tell that in the church. <laughs> the ones who went, I'm jumping. <laughs> I'm jumping in. And I remember the first time I did it, my dad was down on the water because I was teeny, and he's uh, he's gone to be with the Lord. And I was a little bitty, and my mother was going, John, don't you let that little girl jump in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, I'm down here, I'll catch her. I was a little, I was five years old. Jump off that cliff, man. My dad was there with his arms treading water. Come on, honey, I'll get you. That's what you have to do with the Holy Ghost. You just have to say, boy, my father's there. He'll get me. Actually, we were... I'll just get lost. We were
0: driving up to Colorado one year, going along the, this highway runs along uh, the mountain ridge there up to go to Glenwood Springs in Colorado. And I was driving the van and I looked across, I looked over to my left and there's this huge river that runs right beside the I-70, the highway there. And this river, I mean, just, you know, different places they go rafting on it, Jimmer, white water and stuff. And, all and I was looking, it was so impressive. And I thought to myself, I'm riding, I'm driving on this highway and I thought, boy, it is so nice that that river runs right by this road and then i caught myself and i thought wait a minute what was here first the road or the river the river was here first the river's not running by the road the road is running by the river and then i thought that is exactly the same way it is with the river of god you know, I did not choose the bend in the the river. Uh, you know, the road bend w- w- wound around because the river wound around. And that sometimes you know I would prefer it to go a little straighter and it would take a little curve and it was but you know that's the way the river went, so guess what? That's the way the road went. And I thought to myself, that is exactly the way it is when you get in a service and the out of, you know, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty in John 7, he said, is anybody thirsty? Let him come unto me and drink as it is written out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And then he goes on and says, this he spake of the spirit, which they had not yet received because he had not yet been glorified. But how many of you know he has been glorified? We have received the Spirit of God. There is a river of life life now. But guess what? Guess what? The same way you, you know, you don't direct the course of the river. The river directs your course. And you say, I really want God's best blessing. You know what I mean by God's best? I mean just exactly what you need. Well, let me just tell you, let me just clue you in on something. The Holy Ghost knows not just what you know he knows what you don't know and I know you think you're smart but let me tell you something ain't nobody as smart as the Holy Ghost (laughs) and he will prepare you for something that you don't even know is coming yes that's why I tell people you may have something happen to you you didn't plan
1: yeah
0: it may be unplanned but you are not unprepared for it if you're walking by faith
1: yes yes
0: And if you'll trust God, he'll help you catch up. Do you know he'll help you catch up? He'll make up the difference. But the scripture that just comes to my mind is Romans chapter 8. When it says, no. He's talking about what shall we say to these things? If God is for us. This is verse 31. Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. And he wasn't southern. He was just letting you know you're all included. For us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know, God's not stingy. He's not holding anything back. In fact, he said, it's all there. It's in there. I gave it to you. It's in the river. Just just, Just, you know, back your truck up to the warehouse and unload the goods. Somebody get in it tonight. That's what happens. When you go in the river, then he says this, listen to this. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? In other words, who is gonna come and say you're a debtor, you you, you have to pay something? Yeah. He said, Who's gonna do that? Who's gonna charge? He said, It is God who justifies it is who is he who condemns it is christ who died furthermore is also risen is even at the right hand of god who also makes intercession for us In other words, Jesus is sticking up for you. Even when all your enemies come against you, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, all these things that he gets ready to list here are things that try to separate you, to try to to keep you from experiencing God's love, God's presence, God's power in your life. He says, shall tribulation, that's trouble. And in case you ain't had any lately, you will have some. Trouble, distress, Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword As it is written For your sake we are killed all the day long Accounted as sheep for the slaughter No, he says in verse 37 This is what he says In all these things What things? Tribulation, persecution, famine, nakedness, slander, deception In all these things They are more than conquerors No we are more than conquerors through him who loved us now that word more than conquerors had never been used before paul took two words and put them stuck them together to try to get you to see the greatness of the victory that you have over your enemies uh. he took two words one of the words was from the the greek word hooper which we get our word hyper from
1: oh yeah hyper
0: and the other one meant Conqueror or victorious or to conquer. So, in other words, he took two words and put them together, and he said, "In all these things, you are a hyper conqueror."
1: Yes, hyper
0: from heaven. Ha, you know, ha, 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 ha. you ever heard somebody say, "Well, they're hyperactive." That ha, means yeah. they're more active than normal. Hyperfe. You know, hyperactive. You know what I'm trying to get you to understand? There's something. High. I'm not. Try- but when he says hyper conqueror. He means whatever you think average victory is, amp it up a little bit. Because it ain't just normal victory. This is hyper victory.
1: Now, I'm telling you, I don't
0: know who's going to win, Tampa or Oakland. But I can guarantee you, neither one of them will have a hyper victory. But you came to a place tonight where you have a hyper victory so what i want you to do no. is just take a drink from the river of life oh god, and god. just go with the flow oh. and let's shout and let's run and let's just have some fun yeah. because you got a river oh, yeah, yeah. Flowing now, just a moment i want to give you something from the word of god actually i i heard this phrase earlier and i i won't i won't give you everything i'm going to do on this because i don't have I, I, we'll, we'll we'll just see
1: but uh It's good, isn't it, church? You don't want to leave this anointing. But I
0: want you to hear this because when the Spirit of God's doing something, you know, you build your life on the Word of God, and then with the help of the Spirit of God, He just energizes so that it's not just a word, just a dead word, but it's a living word. And this is the phrase that I want you... You can write this down if you've got a piece of paper because I I believe if you'll look at this and comprehend what, what this means it'll help you in what God's calling you to do. You know, you're not blessed because you hear something. You're not blessed in I believe it is Luke chapter Luke chapter 6 in verse 47 and 49 there were two men, they both heard the same thing. It, it says they both heard the same thing. Luke I'll just make sure I get it right here. I believe that's right. Yeah. It says, "Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you what he's like." So you're not blessed because you hear. You're blessed because you hear and do. Yeah. He said, "He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house, it could not shake it." For it was founded on the rock. But he who heard, verse 49. Now, verse 48, we just read the one who heard and did. And when he heard and did this, it says, Jesus said in verse 47 of Luke 6, I'll show you what the man is like who hears and does. He's like a man who builds a house, lays a foundation. And when the floods and the storms come, they don't move him. But verse 49 says, but he who hears and does nothing. Now they both hear. They both hear the same thing. One of them does something with what they hear. One of them does nothing with what they hear. And the one who does nothing is like the man who built the house on the earth without a foundation. Against which the stream beat. The same storm came to both of them. They, listen, people who believe God are not people who don't have storms. Someone asked me the other day, well, people of faith, do they teach that you just don't ever have any trouble or any problems in life? I said, I don't know anybody who teaches faith like that. (laughs) I mean, I don't personally know anybody. I don't know if you do, but I know Jesus said in the world, you will have trouble. He didn't say, now, you know, if you believe me, you won't have any. He said, no, you believe me even when you do have some. He said, that's why I give you my peace because my peace, this world can't take it from you. And when trouble comes, you hold your hat and you just cut it down a little bit over your ears. And you just stick with what you heard before the trouble started. That's exactly what the person did who heard and did. And he who heard and did nothing, it, the, the, the storm beat, beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Let me tell you something. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? He said, I have prayed for you. Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. And he said that your faith fail not. Don't get quiet. Troubles don't come because, you know, uh, th- th- actually, if you read in Matthew chapter, I believe it is uh, Mark chapter 4, where the, you know, the so or so is the word. The reason trouble come is to take your faith. It comes because of the word. All the devil wants to do is to get you to not believe God. He'd like you to believe him instead. Sounds like the garden of Eden to me, doesn't it? Same mess, isn't it? What are you going to do during that time? I will tell you exactly what I would do. I would make sure that I do something that shows I believe God. I would just do something that lets people know I believe what God says. And you know how you can do it through what you say. You can do it through your actions. You do something. Literally, James chapter, where is it? James chapter 1 around in there somewhere. It says, faith without works is dead. And then it says, you say you have faith without works. He said, I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, he said, it's not possible. Uh, uh, Faith, works don't produce faith, but faith produces works. And he says, you want to know how you know I have faith? By what you see me do. Now this is what I want you to write down. This is the phrase that I heard more than once. I believe somebody it's going to really help you. Help, it helped me. So you know. Your actions work together with God's power. To cause his plan to come to pass in your life. Your actions work together with God's power. To cause his plan to. To come to pass in your life. That's faith. Your actions working together with the power of God. To cause his plan to come to pass in your life. Let me tell you something there's a lot of things that happen to people that they don't choose to happen and they did not, you know, sign up for, you know, they were just born into situations, maybe, you know, you we were born into an abusive family situation or, or maybe somebody uh, molested you or raped you or hurt you, you know, or disappointed you everybody gets disappointed, you know, disappointments come because we expect something that doesn't happen or we don't expect something that does happen and, and you know, somehow and, 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 you know, things happen to you that you did not do anything To cause to happen, except be born in a world where the devil just, you know, messes with people's heads. But let me tell you something. You remember this. You may not have chosen what happened to you, but listen to me. You always choose what you do next. You may not choose what happens to you all the time. Things happen. You didn't choose it. You didn't do it. But let me tell you, you need to remember you always choose what you do next. And when you hear what God says and you believe God, faith turns the course of your life. And instead of your life being set by what someone or something did or happened to you that was not from God. Instead of your life being set on a course that this world, your flesh or the devil has planned for you. What faith does is it turns the course of your life. And your actions literally release the power of God and cause the plan of God to come to pass in your life. It's so important for you to see this. And there's one example of it in the word of God that I want you to see that will help you to understand this clearer than any other uh, place I can think of. In Joshua, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, the Old Testament, Joshua... Look over in Joshua for just a minute here. I want you to see something. Joshua, and in, in, let me look here real quick here. In Joshua chapter 2, Joshua, Moses had died. Joshua was now leading the children of Israel into the promised land. And they're getting ready to go in and possess the land. Take, you know, faith takes possession of what belongs to you. Takes it. I mean, you just I'm telling you right now, faith is not a neutral gear. Do you know what I mean by that? You know, you don't sit, you know, I think we were in some church parking lot one night after a service and and Ray got ready to drive us and you know take us home or hotel we call the hotel home on the road. <laughs> and we were we were getting ready to leave and he put his his foot on the gas, it went like that. And I looked at the gear shift and there he was, in. I said, you know, he was in neutral. I said, honey. The only direction you can go in neutral is downhill. (laughs) And we ain't going downhill. You say, well, I'm just kind of sit back and see what happens. Let me just tell you something. Faith does not sit back and see what happens. Faith makes a decision based on God's word and faith directs its desires according to the word of God. You know what he says in Proverbs or Psalms, I'm sorry, 37, I think he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know what that tells me? Whatever you delight in, your desire will follow your delight. You know, you can change what you want if you change what you do. Did you know that? You literally can. I used, well, we won't talk about that. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I used to love certain things, you know, certain foods and certain things like that and certain, but I'm telling you right now, I don't even, I mean, you, you can learn, you can train yourself to do things differently. It has a lot to do with what you delight yourself in. What is it that you feel your ears, your eyes and your heart with? And you say, yeah, but you know, you just don't know what I'm like. I just don't have a desire for that. You know, it's just like. You thinking that it's natural for you to be able to button your shirt. You think, oh, it's just natural. I know how to button my shirt. I mean, you probably button your shirt here tonight without even thinking about it before you came to church. You probably put on a shirt sometime, you know, today or whatever, and didn't even think about it. Tied your shoes, didn't even think about it. But you know, there was a point in your life when somebody had to sit there. And take one, you know, show you exactly how to pull that thing through there. And, or show you exactly how to pull those, those strings through those holes. And you probably cried the first, the first few times and thought, I ain't ever going to get this. You probably don't even remember that now. But what happened is you did it so often. You became so uh, familiar with that activity. It's kind of like driving for those of us who are over 16. You become so familiar with that activity that you think I'm just a natural born driver. Well, you're not a natural born driver. You learn to drive. And there's a lot of things you've trained your flesh to do and you've trained yourself to do that it's not that it's something that can't be learned differently. It's just something that you've given yourself to. You've learned how to do it. And now that's it. I can do it without even thinking. You can train yourself with the things of God. And if you will learn to, to, to actually uh, uh, to, to, uh, to develop actions that release your faith, And let me tell you, the best way I know to do is to get what God's word says. You say what God's word says and then act like it's true. But this is exactly what happened here. They were getting ready to go in and possess the land that God had already given to them. And as they were, Joshua is talking to him and he's, and I'm just going to read you a couple of scriptures here. But I want you to get this now, how that your actions work together with the power of God to bring the plan of God to pass in your life. And, uh, I want to read this. In, in Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from the Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lo- lodged there. Two men were sent out to spy out the land, to go into the place that God had told them to take to possess. Forty, uh, you know, they, 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 they were there were two million Jewish in the desert. Now two had gone in to spy out the land and they go to the harlot Rahab's house. Now there's something about the harlot Rahab. You might have heard a lot of things about Rahab, but she's mentioned two times, actually three times in the New Testament. Three times. She's mentioned once in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 31 where it says, by faith, I believe it's, I might have had that verse wrong. Hang verse. Yeah, that's right. I had it right. Well, glory to God. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace by faith. Now let me tell you something about Rahab. When she received the spies with peace, what she literally was doing was bringing into her life. She was literally taking the very Delivering plan of God into her life and the action that released that plan was her receiving those two spies into her house. It was called faith. And let me tell you something. The harlot Rahab was the only one in in her city in Jericho, the only one who believed God. The only one. You say, I'm the only one in my family. I'm the only one in my neighborhood. I'm the only one. Well, let me tell you something. One person who believes God, I'm telling you right now, God will bring a package to your front door if you will receive it. See, she wasn't just blessed because she heard that God was a deliverer. She was blessed because she did something about what she heard. And let me tell you, you're going to see this real clear here. And, I, and look over in James chapter 1. Now, this is amazing to me. James chapter 1 says this about the, uh, Rahab. Is it James chapter 1? No, it's James chapter 2. James chapter 2. I thought it was James chapter 2. Uh, James chapter 2. No no, Lord, James. no, no, Lord. I told you it was James chapter 2. Why Why'd you tell me it was James chapter 2? No. No. Look over James chapter 2. Now, this is very interesting to me because look at this now. I'll just read it to you. I know because, you know, here we go. Yeah, he says, uh, for time's sake. Yeah, we'll do something for time's sake. We ain't done nothing up to this point. Okay, James chapter 2. He says, verse 17, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Works show your faith. They don't produce faith, they show your faith. Y'all with me? You say, oh, well, I have faith without any works. He says, let me just tell you, if you don't have any works, there's no proof you have any faith. That's what he says. And actually, he's saying, if you want to know the truth without any works, faith is dead. You say, I just feel like I'm just dead. I'm a dead Christian. Well, maybe you need a little action with your faith. That's exactly what he says you need to do here And then he says now look at this he says in Verse uh, verse 20 he says Do you want to know a foolish man that faith Without works is dead now get this Verse 21 was not Abraham our Father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar Do you see that faith was working Together with his works and by works faith Was made perfect or complete How many of you have ever, ever heard the story of Abraham Offering Isaac on the altar And he didn't know he said The Lord will provide and he walked up to the top of the mountain and he goes to sacrifice his son, his only son, as a type in a shadow of that which God did. And Jesus Christ sacrificed his son, his only son. And when Abraham got up to the point where he was ready to sacrifice his only son, the seed wherein by all the nations of the earth would be blessed. God had a ram cut in the, uh, caught in the thicket, had a sacrifice in the thicket. And there he was and the angel of the Lord stopped him and said, there's your sacrifice. God provided the lamb That's exactly what he did in Jesus Christ He provided the sacrifice He paid the cost And God himself made a sacrifice For each and every one of us But Abraham acted in faith In order to receive that How many of you understand what I'm saying? Abraham's called the father of faith It was an action of faith An action that proved his faith Everybody comes up to a point in life where they're going to either choose to go up on the mountain and give what they know it's time for them to give, do what they know it's time for them to do. Everybody in a like type of that which Abraham did, when you follow in the faith of your father Abraham, everybody comes to a point where you know you're stepping over the line. It's God or bust. Everybody gets to that point. Let me tell you something. It might look like you're stepping up onto a place where there's no answer. But I'm telling you right now, the answer is prepared before you ever show up. I mean, Abraham might not have seen it, but the same time he's going up on the one side of the mountain, the ram is coming up the other side. God's prepared. Let me tell you, your faith. Meets with the power of God and causes the plan of God to come to pass in your life. Now, I've heard a lot of people preach about Abraham doing that. But let me tell you, look exactly who God ties with Abraham. Oh, Abraham, the father of our faith, most holy Abraham. Oh, Abraham. Look at what he says this. He says, now he says uh, uh, in verse 25. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works? Just like Abraham, Rahab the harlot also was justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Woo, glory to God. Rahab is an example of the same kind of faith that Abraham showed up. Now, there's some very interesting differences between Ahab and and, uh, Ahab. Ahab. Rahab. Ahab's the evil king married to Jezebel. Rahab. You know, all these Old Testament names. We need some, you know, Sam and Mike and Peter. Well, we got a Peter in there. Anyway. But, uh, but Rahab is an example of the same kind of faith that Abraham, the father of faith showed. And what was the, what was the link by faith? She, her actions met together with the power of God. Now this is what happened with Rahab. Joshua has all these people, the plan of God to bring great deliverance and great. And guess what gets destroyed? The, 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 the city of Jericho The wall of Jericho How many of you remember the walls of Jericho Came tumbling down They marched around the wall Six days on the seventh day they shouted And the walls of Jericho Came tumbling down But there's just a little side issue We gotta talk about right here There was a lady named Rahab Who did something by faith Now Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation But Rahab was not She had no covenant with God. She had nothing in the natural that included her in on the place and the delivering plan of God. She was not someone who was linked up with anything in the natural. The only thing that linked her up was her faith. The only thing. She didn't have it from any other source. She didn't have it from her family. She didn't have it from her culture. She didn't have it from her race. She only had it by faith in God. And when those two spies came to her front door, she brought those two spies in her front door. And when the king of Jericho came to her front door and said, somebody told me you got some spies in here, bring them out. She said, I will believe God, and no matter what you want from me, you can't take from me what I'm receiving from God. And literally, she told the king, they ain't here. There he went out another way, and she literally sent the king on a goose chase. <laughs> but you know what she did? She stood up. To the highest ruling power in her world. She stood face to face with it. And she said, you will not take from me the delivering plan of God. You don't have the power to take it from me. But I have the power to send you away. That's exactly what she did. I'm telling you right now. She stood up Rahab the harlot. And let me tell you, in case you didn't know. Rahab, it says in verse 15 of Joshua chapter 2. Her house... Was on the city wall. Now I don't know where you think you're living. But she's living on a wall. That has already got an appointment to fall. You say you just don't know where I'm at. I figured something out a long time ago. It doesn't matter what's happened. What's in your past. What matters is what you see in your future. You know you need to see your past the way God sees it. Because if you don't, you're going to try to, you're going to be carrying that around. And you know, there's only one thing worse than having a horrible past. And that's having a future that's shaped by it. It's only one thing. You say, oh, you don't know what my, let's see. There's only one thing worse than having a horrible past. And that's having a future that's shaped by it. But I'm telling you right now, faith reshapes your future. Did you hear me? Faith reshapes reshapes your future. Rahab was on the city wall that had been destined to fall. But Rahab made a choice. I'm telling you, you may not always choose what's happened to you, but you always choose what you do next. And she chose to act in faith, believing in the delivering power of God more than she believed in the destruction of the city wall that she was living on. And when those two spies came to her front door, she said... I want to be included. I won't read it all because I know for time's sake. But she literally said, I want to be included in the same delivering plan that your God has given you. She said, I've heard what he's done for you. This is in verses, in case you want to know, verse 11 and 12. And she said, I've heard what he's done for you. How every person who's come against you has been destroyed. And she said, everybody. Actually, she didn't say she was the only one that heard. She said, everybody in this city's heard. But she said, I believe. That your God is a deliverer. And not only do I believe he's a deliverer. I believe he can deliver me. That was faith. Glory to God. I mean, you can get, you know, I'm telling you right now. Faith will, will reshape your future. And when she told him, she said, now, this is what I want you to do. I received you. Now I want you to receive me. And as you receive me, I want you to receive everybody who's in my house. And on the day when destruction comes within three inches of my front door, I'm telling you, it won't come to me. And you know what they said? You have what you say. You receive it by faith. She literally received by faith the delivering power of God into her life. Sounds like me and you, doesn't it? You say, you just don't know who I am. I would beg to differ. You don't know who you are. And look at what happened here. It says, oh, glory to God. Get over to Joshua chapter six. I believe it is Joshua chapter six. I just want to read this. So I want you to see that a permanent Permanent change comes to your life when you choose to walk by faith in God's word. In Joshua chapter 6, I know you've probably heard this a lot. It says, you know, that uh, that the, the, the came to pass. Verse 15, Joshua chapter 6. On the seventh day they rose early, about the dawning of the day, marched around the city seven times. On the day only they marched the city seven times. The seventh time when the priest blew the trumpet, Joshua shed said shout for the Lord has given you the city and the city shall be doomed to destruction and it and all who are in it only Rahab the harlot shall live she and all who are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we sent every time they talk about Rahab they talk about that act of faith that she took What? let me tell you faith reshapes your future it defines who you are. And look at what happened with Rahab. And it says in verse, uh, uh, what happened to my Bible? It changed pages on me. And it says in verse 20, the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout. And what fell down flat? The wall fell down flat. Well, the wall fell down flat, but Rahab's house didn't. Because it says that Joshua said to the two men in verse 22, go into the harlot's house. Couldn't go into it if it was falling down flat, could it? Go into the harlot's house and from there bring out the woman, all that she has as you swore to her. The young men who'd been spies went in, brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, all that she had. And they brought out all their relatives, left left them outside the camp of Israel. They burned the city with fire, the silver, the gold, the vessels of bronze. They put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And... And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, all that she had. And she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent out to spy out the land. One act of faith reshaped her future. Her name was Rahab, and I can tell you a whole lot more about her, but one thing I want you to know about her is in Matthew chapter 1, when he's given the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the history of people who made choices that literally brought forth the Word of God into their life, into their, not just their life, but into your life. There's a scripture in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. What? What? And he says, oh, there's, I'm yelling, am I yelling? And in Matthew, okay, you want me to be quiet. Oh, glory to God. Man. Man, that's the pot calling the kettle black. Matthew chapter 1, look at this. Matthew, well, you don't have to look at it if you don't want to. Matthew 1 verse 5, Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab. Now, Matthew did not normally put the women's name in his Jewish genealogy. They normally put just the men's name in here, but Rahab. She was not Jewish. Do you understand me? These are all Jews, Jewish men. But when he came to to what Rahab did, she by faith accessed the plan of God. Her actions worked together with the the power of God and caused the plan of God to come into her life. And forever she is remembered as someone who brought forth the very word of God, the plan of God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. I'm telling you right now There's some people in here tonight God's working in you You're making some choices You're deciding to do some stuff Let me tell you do it Do what's in your heart by faith You heard from heaven tonight Don't just hear and do nothing Hear and obey if you'll hear and do what he's told you to do, I'm telling you right now at the end of your life, instead of you just being somebody who just got swallowed up with some, something hurtful or something disappointing or something destructive, you'll be someone who was forever marked by your faith in God. I don't care what family you've come from. I'm telling you spirit. You say blood's thicker than water. Spirit's thicker than blood. And the Spirit of God has given you a new life. I don't identify myself by my race. I don't identify myself by my sex. I don't, you know, female, uh, Indian, uh, uh, whatever, purple, pink. Most of us are speckled if you want to know the truth. I don't identify myself by anything. Because I'll tell you right now, the way you identify yourself will shape you. And I identify myself by my faith in God. That's how I identify myself.
1: That's what makes the difference. And let me tell you, it'll give you a platform.
0: Woo! You can go anywhere in the world. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The Spirit of God's telling you some things. You say, "What's the What's the difference? What is it that will bring God's blessing in my life?" It's not hard. Anybody, Rahab did what anybody in the city could have done. She received the spies. It's not something hard. It's something very, let's just put it this way. You know what you need to do. And if you'll do it, when the storms come, you will not be destroyed. Jesus fought a battle and
1: he won it for you. Belongs to you. And it belongs to you. Is this ready? Healing belongs to you. The gifts Thank of the you, Spirit Jesus. belong to you. Prosperity belongs to you.
2: We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duval of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, And our ministry itinerary So you can pray for us As we travel throughout the United States And overseas You can also join our mailing list In order to receive regular newsletter updates Of ongoing ministry projects Thank you and God bless you For your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries We couldn't do it without you Truly the knowledge of the glory of the Lord Shall fill all the earth This is Ray Toucher. Speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries, thank you and God bless you.